Hello and welcome to this week's Meet the Movie Press with special guest Josh Dickey. Uh, what we're going to cover this week? Well, there is so much to talk about as usual. Daniel Craig, Bond or not Bond, uh, is not reviewing a film, the new reviewing a film. We discuss what's been going on in the world of Ghostbusters this week. The Rock is launching, surprise, surprise, a franchise, the Ludlum Universe and plenty more, including Sean Penn's new film, Being Savaged in Cannes. And this week's big releases, Bad Neighbours 2 uh, and more. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Hello. Uh, what a week. And you might notice that I'm not Jeff. Uh, Jeff is taking a week off this week. Um, I think he needed a bit of a lie down after last week, to be honest with you. I'm, um, yes, I, yeah. I am also not Jeff. <laughs> you are uh, not Jeff. You are me. However, and, and oh, and and you know, uh, may he rest as he needs to right now. <laughs> a nice lie down. Yeah, uh, we'll he will him. be back next week. The, um, rap, the rapscallion stallion. So most of you will already know Josh Dickey from Mashable. Um, for those of you who don't, Josh, who are you? <laughs> I'm just a kid from Minnesota. I really Lovely. don't. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more besides that. That's about as far as we go okay. in the Midwest. And you've done some brave things this week. You went to see Angry Birds. I did. I saw it last night okay. with a paying audience at wow. 7 p.m. Okay. Uh, on, on opening night. Um, Everything you dream of when you get into this industry, really, isn't it? It is. Listen, <laughs> it is. You're not missing anything. Okay. Okay. But if you go, it's not a horrible experience. Mm. It's, it's, it's totally watchable. It's just a very unusual uh, property to try to develop because you have to fit a mobile game into the narrative. And there's a lot of, like, uh, weird, awkward square pegs going into round holes of plot there. Is, to, plot, the P words. Is there one? Yeah, there's the, the, the red bird is like, uh, you know, he's kind of a dick. And um, <laughs> he uh, is not nice to people. Right. And uh, he also is very cynical and very dark and sort of like has this negative view on the world. And um, interestingly enough, where you think he's going to be somehow changed, instead yeah. that, that uh, sort of... Uh, distrustfulness pays off when he discovers that the pigs are not what they seem. Damn them. Because he's very, very cynical, you see. How long is it? Uh, it's a, clock's about 140, I think. It's, uh, it's just about right. Maybe okay. maybe 10 minutes long for an animated film. So who was in there? You, you went with the paying audience. I went by myself with the paying audience, yes. I was the, the lone weirdo there okay. uh, because there's a lot of kids. I and, was going to say, who is the audience? Yeah, there's a lot of kids, and the kids loved it. Okay. Kids were dancing. In, literally, there were kids dancing in the aisles after the movie. They popped at all the jokes, and they, yeah, they really dug it. So that's that's what it's for. That's why it's a, a movie that, in perpetuity, will make a ton of money, yeah. no matter what it does at the box office. And by all counts, it's doing okay. So it's a weird one, but um, I, I kind of didn't hate it. I, I actually kind of enjoyed parts of it. There were some pretty clever uh, comedy bits in it. Strong too. voice cast. Uh, is it worth having a really good voice cast, or are they kind of wasted in that? This, I'm so glad you asked me that, Simon. Well, uh, that's I what I'm here this, for. I Josh. have this terrible uh, fear that what's happening is they're so attached to the idea of putting um, recognizable names in the cat voice cast of these car- of these mm. animated movies when they just don't have to. And I'd much rather hear like really great voice actors. And some of them are. Josh Gad is amazing. Yep. His, his voice work is incredible. I would want him in any animated movie because he can do a whole range of things, but he's definitely Josh Gad. Um, but, you know, it's like Jason Sudeikis is fine. He's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he but, I, you know, what, what would some super awesome creative veteran voice actor have done with that role differently. I don't know. Maybe he made something really iconic with it. Instead, it's just Jason Zudegas. Well, one thing, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Josh Gad. And I have been for, for, for a long time. Um, the thing that I'm a bit worried about is, obviously, post-Frozen, he's doing quite a lot of voice stuff. And he's doing, like, a sub-Jack Black kind of shtick. And I'm just a little bit worried about Another him. great voice actor, by the way. Jack yeah, Black. yeah, fantastic. But I'm just worried about if he's doing too much and we're going to get a bit sick of him a bit too early because he's got some big projects coming out as well beauty and the beast as well the disney movie which comes out uh next year that's correct yeah i think yeah he's doing like a one of the um one of the teapots or something like that anyway yeah. uh you know i it's hard to say because jack black is such a great example of that that mm. like you know he's sort of he burned bright but for but for a short period of time because um, he was in everything for a while, it's like we need we need a tubby white guy. Yeah, maybe with maybe. a funny voice. Yeah, back off, like, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's good for you. <laughs> You're stealing black shtick, man. Yeah, man. Leave some work for the rest of us. 
Cool. There, how's that? So out of out of five, what are you? Giving? Oh, I would say it's two, two, three. I give it a three. Three? Yeah. Okay. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Do you love Angry Birds? Are you crazy about Angry Birds? You will love this movie. <laughs> Great. Your, your toes will curl. So we're going to get into the, the big news of the week. We're going to come to some more releases later on. Where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, that's easy. Uh, I'm yeah. As we found out last night, Nick mm. Winding Refn now wants to go as N W R. Or I mean, that's right. what his brand is now right. on screen. Okay. Well, uh, it, it it just was. I just thought, what you know what what pretentious prickery is this well we just learned to say his name correctly and he's like yeah just like do an abbreviation but uh, then you realize that i tend to go by jld just because it's an old yeah. ap it's an old associated press thing um yes jld light jld l-i-t-e at uh, twitter awesome uh, and you can find me at showbiz simon and of course obviously what you need to do today is be part of the show everybody wants to be part of the show we're getting a lot of feedback on that which is great uh, i put the number for that right at the top of the chat on youtube uh, alternatively get a pen get a pen old school write it down the number the number now i'm write it down i'm going to tell you 424-253-0504 that's 424 424- Two five three zero five zero four. I'll give it out again in a minute. We're going to be taking calls about a third of the way through the show, and then um, the the final third as well. We'll take some more calls. Um, there is so much going on this week. This week in movie news, uh, good stuff and bad stuff. Um, let's as can is still going on, um, and it's hot news this morning. Sean Penn's latest film, The Last Face, um, screened there. Which I did not achieve my radar at all. I, 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 I didn't no know idea he had this anything. Was cut. I didn't either, yeah. Until um, just this morning when, when we saw the, the reactions to it. Which makes me wonder, did they kind of know that it wasn't going to get a good reception? And kind of go, well, let's just slip this in. Nobody will know or really pay a huge amount of attention to it. Because in all the preview lists, I didn't see this mentioned as a, if you can get a ticket, it can this is one of the films you should really wait outside for hours to get a ticket for. So is it a, let's just put it out there and see how it goes, or a, we kind of know this sucks, let's not tell anyone it's there? I think they always kind of know when it sucks. Yeah. I think they always know. You know, marketers watch movies too. They they have the same reactions to them that we do. They just have to do a different job than we do. And I, although, if they thought it was that bad, why would you take it to Cannes at all? Just... Just bury it. Well, here's my theory on that. You, you've been you want the bad press? Well, no. If you're going to show a film that you think might not be very good, but might be worthy, you're going to take it to a crowd of people who are sometimes highfalutin and slightly biased towards the art of cinema. It's a case of, here's my polished turd. Look at how good, look at the message, look at how meaningful it is. So you might have a, f- a few people there, and especially if it's by well-known and established director and a well-liked cast, you're going to go, oh, well, that's very good, well done. Polite ripple of applause, and oh, yes, it got a standing ovation at Cannes. It might be a bag of shit, you just don't know. But that might have been the idea behind it. And we're getting the end of Cannes, so it's only hardcores left over. Yeah! You got a bunch of hardcores watching your movie. Yeah. Maybe they'll just be like, uh, another s- one. And they've probably seen a good eight <laughs> days of good movies. Yeah. And it's like, what yeah. the shit is this? Yeah, these people barely have any synapses left after yeah. eight, eight days of Cannes. And, and we're asking them to, just like, maybe they'll just mm. be like, uh-huh. Yeah, maybe not. That's a, uh, Okay. I like that theory. We're going with that. That's what happened. And the positioning is really interesting because I know a lot of journalists who've already left Cannes. So this is kind of in the end of the festival where they're like, well, a lot of the big guns might have gone home. And if it's just some smaller people who see it, then it might be all right because nobody will hear about it. But, oh, everybody's hearing about it today. They tried to straddle the line and they missed So it's it's a humanitarian romance called The Last Face. It's a film that he made with Charlize Theron and Javier Bardem. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a what? It's, it's a, a humanitarian, humanitarian romance. It's romance, a, of course. Whom whom rom? It's already rom, got me. Rom, I cannot. Whom? It has already got me. I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, it sounds sounds uh, captivating. It's being dubbed the worst of the fest. Um, apparently, people are quipping on Twitter that the picture is so awful that it destroyed Penn's relationship with Theron. They, they broke up um, around a year ago. Um, 
Yeah, critics then, obviously we're in the audience, got to see it. Um, Variety chief film critic, I'm getting the story off Variety this morning, uh, Owen Gleiberman, uh, faulted Penn for spending too much time on the love story between um, Theron uh, and uh, Bardem, saying that no matter how well-meaning a director might be, there's something inherently eye-rolling about being asked to care about the tragedy of African children through the POV of two lovelorn glamour pusses. <laughs> My favourite, though, is, um, is from a, a British journalist, former PR but now um, journalist, uh, Benjamin Lee, who wrote for The Guardian, and this is so unbelievably stinging. Um, I can't imagine Sean Penn, if he's read this, is very happy today. Um, he described it as an extended Band-Aid video, <laughs> shoddily assembled to be screened at galas filled with guilty elite sipping champagne while frowning at close-ups of tearful orphans. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty damning. That is pretty bad. And especially when you're going to be basically, or you know, like tearful orphan shaming here. Yeah. That's sensitive territory. It must be really bad. Yeah, I mean that's that's not somewhere that you you really go. Yeah, you know that's dark. So I great. mean, can't wait. But he's done some he's done some great movies. I mean, as an actor and as a director, I mean, he directed, um, you know, among others, uh, Into the Wild, uh, The Pledge, both good movies. You- I can't believe that Fast Times didn't come up first. Simon, come on. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also um, best Oscar winner for Mystic River and Milk. I mean, his his performance in Milk. Is was great. one of the best performances I've seen from an actor in probably the last fifteen years. Yeah, he was great in that movie. He's great in everything he's in, even like terrible movies he's in, like well, in Gangster the, Squad. He was great. He was terrible. The, when gu- he was terrible, the Gunman he was last year. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I much. actually quite enjoyed that. And I think again, Javier Bardem was in that actually. Um, I mean, Tough I, guys I, and guns. I quite enjoyed that. Um, but this, maybe he's used up all his director skills. I don't know. That I happens mean, though, right? I think he just probably just made a stinker, you know? He'll be back. He'll see, you know, think about it. I mean, you know, all these, like, aging actors mm. are, uh, who are into directing now are all, they all have a bomb once in a while, or at least a not very good movie. Yeah. I know American Sniper made a billion dollars or whatever, but it was yeah. not a great movie. No. Do you think if you're, if you're doing a project as a director or as a producer and it's a very well-meaning project and you want to get a very meaningful message across, which... The message behind the movie is very well-meaning. Yeah. Can you be too close to a project so you don't realize that you're just fucking it up? Probably. And that's probably what happened with with uh, Sean and Charlize. Is that, mm. you know, they just... Maybe they creatively broke down, too, and just couldn't, couldn't deal with it anymore or something. And it shows. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I sure can't wait to see it, though. Well, talking of... Talking about movies that you haven't seen and judging them... Um, let's talk about... Oh, no. Yeah. Um, do we have to? Yeah, there's... Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, that's why we're here. All right. Um, Jason... Uh, sorry, James Rolfe, um, an established critic here in the US, um, posted something this week about not reviewing a film, but he he's already said he doesn't like it, and he's not going to go and see it, but already has an opinion on the film. Now, I've been guilty of doing this in the past with, with films, but for a reason, rather than just going, I don't like the trailer, so I think it's going to suck. Is not reviewing a film the new reviewing a film? I mean, is that... Uh, no, I hope not. I, I I think that's silly. I mean, I've not ever not reviewed a film on some sort of, you know, principle or something like that. I think this guy just had kind of figured out a really ingenious way to get some attention. Yeah. Which was to put out this... Kind of like, it's, it's very calculated. If you go through it, it's, it's, it seems very scripted to me. And I think that he knew very, uh, this is just a theory, but mm. that, he, that he knew very shrewdly not to say anything about the cast, to just leave the cast completely out of it and only focus on the fact that it doesn't connect back to the original movies. Now, this is my other theory. This isn't a theory. This is just my great hope. That they do make it connect back to all the, the- to, to the old movie. Mm. That that's the big surprise, and all these angry fanboys suddenly what the, the one pillar they might have to stand on falls out beneath them, and, they, <laughs> and they're crushed under under the weight of their own collapse. It, it would be hysterical. But It'd be I, great. When when you write reviews and I write reviews, and I've, I've written a couple for for IGN recently, and uh, people are going to disagree with you. That's just the way it is. But. There are people, and we've had this a lot this year with things like Batman versus Superman, where there are people who are saying that they they think a film is going to be brilliant or your opinion of a film is wrong, and they actually haven't seen the film. So is that the same as what James is doing here? 
You know, it's funny you say that because of the Angry Birds review I did today, in a, in a way I've never done a review before, which is I essentially <laughs> broke it into four different parts. Like, okay, so what do you want mm. from your Angry Birds experience? Are you super excited about it? You know, then then here's a little bit of a review for you. And if uh, you're just being dragged there by your kids, am I going to survive? You know, yes, here's a little bit for you. Yeah. And, and so on down. So it's because when I see a movie like that, I just go, why would I go home and trash this movie? Why would I go home and, and write, you know, what, what good does that do mm. uh, anybody but a bunch of other, you know, cranky old white guys? It's just not helping. So I, I, it's a thing I think about. I think about that all the time when I'm writing. I'm like, do I, I got to sort of understand that I may very well be the only person with this opinion. Yeah. And or I'll be in the minority. I, I didn't like the nice guys. I thought that movie was very clumsy and very on the nose jokes. And it, the slapstickiness of it just wasn't mm. totally right for me. And but I but everybody loved it. It's 92 yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably going to be a nice, you know, midsize hit for those guys. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll even get the sequel out of it that they want. Yes, well, clearly that we'll talk about that later. But yes, I was very much so. But it's it's funny because the, the, I, I'm I'm quite excited about the Ghostbusters movie. I've, I've said this before on the show. Um, I know people that have read the complete script and they've said the script is actually very good. They they're really excited about it. And again, they were people that weren't particularly sure about it. The more I see of the film, I don't want to see too much because I don't want to spoil it because I don't want all the good gags to be in there. Um, but the more I see about it, the more interested and intrigued I am about it. And. A lot of the arguments are, I mean, obviously we've heard the one about women, so I'm not going to go there again. But it's like, oh, you, you've ruined the first film. No, no, you haven't, because that first film is still there. It doesn't mean like, yeah, okay, so now we've got Ghostbusters yeah, but 2016, we're going to Everybody's gonna become so rid. accustomed to continuity now. That's what they want. They want continuity. In, <laughs> and then the, when they get it with Zoolander 2, everyone's like, well, that was <laughs> shit. It was just the same as the first film. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a... It's yeah. kind of, we, we constantly do this that, as audiences. That, I was bummed that uh, Pee Wee Herman didn't have continuity. I, I wanted a little bit of that in mm. his two movies, and it just didn't... You know, they were, it pretended like the other one didn't exist. Yeah. But it's it a, does still exist? I don't know. That well, blows my you, mind. Can you go on Netflix and watch them? Um, Holy the, shit. Both of the Pee Wee Herman, Herman uh, movies? I think you can with the first one. I don't know if you can. Big Top Pee Wee was on there for yeah, a while. There was, no, Big Top, there was a Netflix production, I believe. it was. Their, it's their movie. It's probably there in perpetuity. Yes, the new, the new one is. Yeah, yeah. I still need to get around to that. Um, someone's asking, where's Jeff? Um, don't worry, Jeff is fine. Um, he's just taken a week off this week. The, um, dar- the Darker Knight, Jeff yes. Snyder. <laughs> Yes. Is not here today. I'm standing it's in for a him. Little bit, a little bit less, less shouty. But it is. I miss him though. I miss him. He'll be back. I next can week. do that too. Um, people here. Okay, so look at the chat. There's a lot of stuff going on in here. Um, uh, how can you review uh, a movie that you didn't see? Yeah, really good point. This is from Dylan. Uh, and IGN is actually really cool. Cool. Um, you've got to see the movie if that's your job. Absolutely. That's coming in from Gregory Castillo. Um, a film critic's job, this is from Linton Ritchie in the chat. A film critic's job is to inform the public so as to allow us to choose our film's experience well. Absolutely. The problem is when you watch a movie and. Uh, uh, a lot of critics, you'll have found this as well in the industry, they go in there with kind of a prejudice. You know, a lot of people go into especially things like horror and comedy. They'll go in and they'll think it's a lowest common denominator movie. So, you know, lovely. If you're going to go home and get hard over Francois Truffaut, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm very, very happy for you. But probably The Conjuring 2, I don't think that's really going to be your cup of tea. But you have to look at everything on its merits. You and I have had to sit through... Countless shit films over the years. Oh, yeah. Countless shit films. But I've also walked out of a few. Yeah. Oh, what have you walked out of? Oh, gosh. What is the one? I, can't, I, I couldn't possibly tell you the title, but it was a few years ago when it was at Toronto. So it's sort of, you know, movie hopping. Yeah. 14 movies just to, to bail on one because it, it's just like, no. Nope. <laughs> Two hours is too long yeah. enough. Yeah. That's not such a big deal. I remember once I walked out of the Flintstones, and that was a press screening. Well, I say a press screening. It was for press. I was working in a, in a theater. Was the it time. that bad, or was it just so kind of one of those things bad. where you're like, I get it? No, I was, even at the age of about 17, I was like, oh, fuck. Wow. My, my life is too short. I can't believe I'm wasting, wasting time to go and see that. Yeah, it's not very often. I mean, what, I have a kind of a thing where I like to watch movies, and then even if it's kind of shit, I'm like, maybe it'll get better. And if, it, if you suddenly you're watching it, and it's like the first, because it happens sometimes, first half of a film is not particularly good, and then actually the second half is like, oh, that was a good second and third act. I actually pulled it back. And I'm worried that I might miss that good second and third act. It often doesn't come. 
Yeah, time be quite honest. Time dwindles pretty quickly on a very yeah. bad movie. <laughs> um, we're going to take some calls in a minute, so I'll give the number out again. It's 424-253-0504. It's 424-253-0504. Also, that number, if you didn't write it down, is at the top of the chat uh, on the YouTube channel. So feel free to pop to the top of that and uh, give us a call. We'll take a couple of calls in a minute. Um, so I also want to talk before then. Um, this week, Daniel Craig is Isn't Bond. Um, this, this story comes to the, round to the Daily Mail, but yeah. I, you know all all signs have pointed toward this, and I kind of believe the Daily Mail on this, and, and I can't get too much into why, but um, I don't think he's coming back, and I, I, and I do back. think that they probably offered him a sum like that. I think the producers' fee that they were probably mm. going to include was going to be in that number, obviously, yeah, um, as, as opposed to points, but which he already has. Um, so you know, I mean, yeah, I, he's apparently done, and he's done for. That's how many peers did. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh, more did seven and uh, and uh, so did Sean Connery. So, you know, it's not a, a bad time to quit. And there's a lot of chatter already about the new guy. Yeah. Like, to, it would be very anticlimactic now for him to say, okay, fine, I'll do one more, you yeah. know. Um, so we'll see. I, I don't, I do like Tom Hiddleston a lot as mm-hmm. an actor. I think he's great. And I know he's a cool guy and everything. Yeah. But is that the right call there? I mean, they're all but calling this thing. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd do a great job. Um, and I think he's that level of maturity and age where he'd be believable as James Bond. But he's not too old. I think they'd take it in a slightly more Hollywoody style of film where they, they kind of made it have a, a feel of that, but, but still retaining that British feel about it. I think they might want to take it a bit more Hollywood, make it feel a bit more born. Not too close, but a bit more born. Um, I think he'd be good for that. It felt for me, I would like to see Dan Stevens do it. I think Dan Stevens would be really good. If you saw him in The Guest, did you see The Guest? I did. Awesome in that. And he's also got that right level of sort of smouldering badassness, but cheeky sexiness that I think audiences will kind of appreciate. Now, he's used, he's using an American accent in The Guest, right? He's he playing, is, yeah. yeah. But he's, 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 but British. he's British? Yeah, okay. he is, yeah. Well, then I'm because I want an, At this point, I, I want an American Bond. I want an American actor to play James Bond. You do realise that there would be... I'm making a line in the sand absolute, right right here. I'm okay with that. Right there. I'm absolutely fine with you that. You would not. You guys would lose your no, minds if it was an American The Daily Mail would, would never, lose their minds. Never happen. It would never happen. It would be but no, no, go ahead. You can have Batman and Superman over. and yeah. the Joker and... Well, that's, that's it. I mean, this is why I think if any, there's any now a time to have an American as Spider-Man bond. twice. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Um... Uh, we just should do there it. There will never be an American Bond you know in our lifetime or as well, any right? So we've they taken will, Batman. The, um, the Broccoli's will <laughs> never let that happen. Never. Do you not think so? There will never be anything but... You know, some... Uh, do you think it's I, more likely then to have someone who's not white as Bond than I was, there is to have not I would English? Lo- I would love... Idris Elba would be great at this point. I sort yeah. of feel like, you know, I've knocked the idea around in my head enough mm. that I can, just, I can visualize it and he'd be amazing. Um... I think the better idea is to, is to find a super awesome young Bollywood actor and make Bond be Indian. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a huge audience that you'd suddenly be really reining into this franchise. And how Massive cool audience. how cool would Indian Bond be? Just because of the you know, they wouldn't I mean, call him that, obviously. No, no, no. That's a, that's a that's just me using <laughs> shorthand you, right I'm now. Indian Bond? No, I think I think there is time. I don't. I I think Idris Elba would do an amazing job. Yeah, he'd be great. I'd love. It I'm if just wondering if he's a little bit too too old now i would like i think but i think there are a lot of that is so ageist black, simon well i know i just think he's graying and i don't think we're ready to have a bond going that's in what that's we gray. have we have computers that do that now they're, they're, and hair dye i mean hair is not really my that's specialist true. area yep. no, evidently no. um but no, i i would love to see um david Olawayu because i think he's so british so british and if we are going to have someone that is not white as james bond which i don't i don't give a fuck whether he's white or not, you know, I, I just don't care. But I think if we're looking for someone who is very, very British, would be able to carry off that kind of role with gravitas, I think David would be amazing. I think it would probably go to Tom or, or Idris. But, you know, I just think there are some other options out there that are worth looking at. It'll be Hiddleston. It's always Hiddleston. By that I mean the guy who's, you know, the probably... 
uh, more the, the front running choice. I mean, mm. you know, it's it, we, we never get a surprise in these kind of things. Not when there's this much smoke. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, uh, okay, so uh, we're going to take some calls in just a second. So if you do want to call four two four two five three oh five oh four, something else that was bandied around talking about casting is um, Cable in Deadpool two. A lot of names are starting to come into the fray with that. Um, names that have already been put forward: uh, Ron Perlman, John Hamm. Stephen Lang. Um, and this week, Dolph Lundgren did a piece with Nerdist. <laughs> and he kind of... It was quite funny. Kind of. Kind of old. Yeah. How old is Dolph? He's, he's, he probably looks great. I'm sure he's in top shape. <laughs> and can probably do all the stunts himself at age, what, 70? Yeah. He's... Probably, yeah, probably for a man that's more gnarly than an angry scrotum. Um, he's, he's, I, I would love to see him doing that kind of thing. Do you I know love, he's also like some kind of brilliant he is scientist like an, an or astrophysicist. Like yeah, no, no, he's, he's a serious, I interviewed him a couple of times and he's a seriously intelligent and a genuinely lovely guy. Yeah. But he's stuck in this kind of straight to DVD, straight to home entertainment kind of world at the moment. And I would love to see him pulled out of that. And get, I don't know if he's right for it. He was kind of like, oh, I hear everyone's talking about Cable and Deadpool 2. Yeah, I might be up for that. Listen, look at what Kurt Russell is doing right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can bounce back in your 60s and your 70s. And he's he's going to have an amazing role in Guardians of the Galaxy, too, by the way. Yeah. It's he's having such a renaissance right now. Such a renaissance. Yeah. He's, he should. He's amazing. Well, who would you... Is there anybody out there that you would like to see as Cable? Because I've, I've got an idea that might hmm. come out of nowhere. I want to hear yours first. Okay. Uh, ooh, ooh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan Flickinger um, has said Mel Gibson as Cable. Oh, wow. Gat could work. Maybe Downey could uh, could grease the skids for that. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that would be great. That would be awesome, actually. Um, my suggestion, um, a guy that I actually spoke to this week, Henry Rollins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he is... That guy could, like, make a coffee and be intense yeah. and charismatic. And there's He a, looks like Cable, too. And there's a movie coming out um, on home entertainment, a really tiny budget movie called The Last Heist. And he plays a serial killer in it who gets stuck in a in a in the middle of a heist um, in a in a safe deposit place, um, and he's just amazing. And just sitting down and talking to him for fifteen twenty minutes this week was just like, holy shit! Hollywood does not use you enough. Yeah, you got to have really that. Doesn't you got to have that uh, that like very square jaw, lantern jaw, yeah. right? To to play cable, yeah. And it's just, I think he would be great, and he hasn't had... I mean, I loved him in things like The Chase. Do you remember The Chase? No, I don't. I don't. It was a 90s movie with Charlie Sheen movie. and Christy Swanson. Um, and it was awesome, and it's hugely underrated. And I just thought Henry... He was great in Sons of Anarchy. Anything he's done, he's always had a really enigmatic presence, and he would make an amazing villain. I think he'd be great for Cable. That'd be fun. So who's your suggestion? Oh, you're just putting me on the spot. To come, I mean, I just got to think of a big guy now, huh? Uh, you know what I was thinking? Lantern Jaw, just give uh, Josh Hutcherson a bunch of HGH in, yeah. about, in about three years. I, I really like Josh. But that's, a young, that's your young cable right there. There you go. Before and after pictures. Yeah, when they decide to go back into the uh, prequels. Yeah, I mean, do you think he'd be, do you think he'd be good? I, I, I think he's kind of, he needs something really big post-Hunger Games. Oh, I think he's much too small for that. I, I, I was just I'm making a joke, but I think, um, I think he's probably the real deal. He's starting to produce some stuff now mm. on the digital front. He's doing. Uh, he's got projects that uh, that are actually taking root in places mm. digitally. So he's kind of, I think, figuring out his future right now. Maybe as a he might he might be a director at some point. Yeah, cool. Um, I like the name John Ham. I think John Ham would be great. Or Ron Perlman. There's a lot of good names coming out for that. Um, do we have some calls? Yes, we do. You are cool. online with Meet the Movie Press. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, hello, Simon. Hey, how are you? Remember you? me? Yes. How are remember you? Remember me, Jonathan? Yeah. How are you? I was the one who sent the Doctor Strange question. Yes. What can and I do for you? I'm going to ask you some couple of things, but first and the main one: Why do people are supposed to be such jerks to the Ghostbusters cast? Like, really? Is a reboot? Like, for those of people on social media, grow up. I, I I think the biggest problem is, and I, I don't think it's necessarily because I don't know how you feel about this, Josh, but um, I think it's Jonathan. partly because it's it's women. But I think when you're so close and a thing is so well loved, it's just difficult to see it a different way. Something you're so familiar with, and everyone yeah, does. I'm rooting for the new Ghostbusters movie. I'm rooting for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
But I think sometimes you, you just are so passionate about something. And when you feel it's something that's so perfect, people think they're just too close to it and they can't see it another way. I mean, I'm really open to it. I hope it will work. I really do. And out of the two, personally... Yeah, Rupert, I hope this succeeds and hope we get more Ghostbusters movies. Well, I would much rather see... And I, I love the original Ghostbusters movie. They're a massive part of my, my childhood. But I would rather see a, 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 someone people who are different to the original cast doing it than the original cast running around being old. Because having seen that in... Well, we see Arnold Schwarzenegger come back and do several things. Sly Stallone come back and do things. It, yeah. I love seeing it, but it makes me feel so fucking sad because they're so old. <laughs> well, it'd be nice to <laughs> Sly now. Sly's still bouncing around pretty well, good these is, days. But it's just, I mean, I loved him in Creed, and I've loved him in many things that he's done. But you just look at him and like, dude, you're, you're really old. And I just... I don't know if the original Ghostbusters, if they had come back, the, the remaining members would actually... I don't think it w- that for me would have been harder to swallow to not have them doing what they were doing in those glory days and just doing an older version. And also as marketing, that would be a lot harder to sell. You yeah, know. I saw on uh, Twitter some little kids dressed up with the new Ghostbusters toys. They look great. Yeah. Honestly, I think there's an audience around there. There's a huge audience, um, and I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of the audience it's going for, it's certainly and this is for the brand new generation. Of yeah. Book. Well, it's it's like, yeah, it's like Star Wars. You know, I, I I genuinely love seeing kids playing with Star Wars toys and wearing Star Wars clothes because I think it's something that is passed from generation to generation, and there aren't that many film franchises that manage to do it. Yeah, I I think. Look, how much fan service do we need? Uh, Star Wars was the perfect example of an, an uh, incredible overload of fan service, mm. which was what people wanted, and they'd, they'd been waiting for it forever, and they were starving for it, and it was great. Yeah, it's very well done, but very fan service. Ghostbusters, you know, moderate fan service. Not mm-hmm. that—that's just not that. There's yes, there's a huge audience that loves the original Ghostbusters, and there's a big chunk of them that are not going to like this idea. Then we can get into the reasons why, but I think we all know what it is. So you just, you, you go, no, we're going to grow this audience along with the people we're bringing along. It'll be far bigger, and eventually we're going to get these guys. It's, it's just like... Yeah, I'm rooting for this movie to succeed. Yeah, it's just, going to be, I'm it'll be, listen, it. we I saw... I hope it's good. We saw a bunch of it at CinemaCon. We saw the first, I yeah. don't know, six or eight minutes. Yeah. And when you sort of have a moment to absorb into that world a little bit, suddenly it's different. Also, look at who we're talking about here. It's Paul Feig and Kristen Wiig yeah. and Melissa McCarthy yeah. and... Why, you know, and they're throwing in Kate McKinnon. Mm. Why are you not trusting these people? Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, they're, they're, they are. This movie movies. could just be bananas. Great. Yeah, I love it could Spy be great. So much. They're funny yeah. movies. Spy did I, not look. Spy didn't look good in the trailers either. And it's didn't. a great movie. And also, if you remember, yeah, with all Paul Feig movies, that didn't the trailers look good. And it's kind of like don't judge by book and by its cover. Yeah, maybe Paul Feig movies just aren't don't lend themselves to trailers. Yeah, is what we need to figure out real, real quick here. Well, one thing that I remember from from seeing Spy, and again, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of of Paul's work. I think he's great, and he always pulls that out of the bag. As, as, certainly, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if you remember with Spy, there were a lot of jokes in the trailer that were really, really good. But a lot of the jokes that you saw in the trailer weren't the ones that you saw in the movie. Do you know the Angry Birds trailer I watched this morning because I was embedding it in my post? About forty percent of the footage is not in the movie. Yeah, it's just stuff that's completely outtakes. I think it's, we're kind of seeing a slight shift with that kind of marketing where, you know, this stuff used to be saved as effectively extra content or outtakes on DVDs and stuff right. like that. But now a lot of people aren't buying DVDs. Or they're building trailers around. They need this, yeah. they need to connect something in the trailer so yeah. they, they shoot a scene for it. So yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely excited. And like I said, I have friends who've read the script and they're like, this people are going to be really surprised by Ghostbusters. So I'm hoping that people are going to be like you and actually give that film a chance. But I certainly know around me, um, you'll see in, in, here sort of in the US, um, the back of... Um, bus seats and in um, in bus shelters and stuff like that. In my neighbourhood, every time they put one of those back of a, a bus stop seat Ghostbusters, who you're going to call things, somebody steals them. <laughs> so my Sony must be spending a shitload of money on these on these placards because every time they put one up, somebody fucking nicks it. That's amazing. So clearly, people are excited about yeah, it. They they own, unless, unless I don't know, yeah. maybe it's Disney going around taking them all down. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Um, people want this. People want to be part of it. And like you say, people are buying the merchandise. They're already putting, you know, financial investment and interest into this movie. But yeah, and I mean, I'm, I never. Hey, let me ask you this. Sure. Um, how do you taste the ecto cooler? What does it taste like? <laughs> 
We Ecto- haven't. No, I've never tasted Ecto Cooler. No. I will say, uh, this is Mark in the booth. Yep. It tastes like magic. Oh, wow. Pretty pretty accurately. Does it nice. taste like the afterlife? Uh, pres- <laughs> presumably. Uh, it's like a citrusy type of flavor. It is green, right? Yeah. And awesome. one last two things before sure. we go. Uh, which sequel do you want to see more? Belly Hill Cost 4 or Top Gun 2? I'm ready for Top Gun 2. You see, I... I'll take it. Um, I... It depends on where... Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I love Top Gun. And obviously, it's 30th anniversary this week of, the, of it being released in theatres. Um, I would be more excited just about Top Gun 2. Um, I'd like to see what they could do with that. A lot of the, the ideas that I've heard about it so far have been very good and excited me. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 4. I still enjoy Beverly Hills Cop 3, but it was a shit film. Um, would Eddie Murphy have to be? I mean, he's the, the retired you, cop. You'd have, the, yeah, I think. Well, I think you'd have to bring him back as Axel the, Foley, and he'd have to be the main because there's he's the mayor, Mayor the, Foley, the Mayor Mayor Foley. But um, yeah, I I I would be open to Beverly Hills Cop Four, but after Lethal Weapon Four, I'm okay with them kind of leaving that one. You know, we got we got two great movies and a third movie out of Beverly Hills Cop. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Top Gun 2, which I think will get made, because if Tom Cruise wants something made, it just and also fucking gets the, made. They hired the same writer who wrote The Jungle Book, like the newest one. Yeah. I, and one last thing. Sure. What do you think What do you think a Pokemon movie directed by Edgar Wright? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 love, I love Edgar Wright, and he's brilliant, but I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah. All right. The reason I brought this up because he has the same visual style what he did with Scott Pilgrim. So I thought Pokemon might have the similar ways. I agree with you, but unfortunately, not enough people cared about Scott Pilgrim, a film that I really enjoyed and loved. Too overlong, but you know, um, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think. I might be wrong. I mean, you know, they're making three Tetris movies for Christ's sake. They're so, not. Are they not making? Uh, so, so this is another topic of mine. Okay. Thank you, caller. Thank you. Good to have to talk to you again, Simon. Awesome. We'll uh, talk to you again soon. The Tetris movie. I wrote about this this week. Uh, So at this point, listen, there's maybe going to be a Tetris movie, and if there is a Tetris movie, Mm. it's going to be a moderate, you know, 80 million budget, and it'll be a weird, like, sort of just distribution-only deal with somebody for U.S. and somebody else for different territories. It's not going to be, like... A big studio tentpole movie in the in the way that we're used to them anyway mm. these days. Uh, that said, it's it's just getting started. Things are just coming together, and it's a very weird pastiche of Chinese money and a and a U.S. producer who made Mortal Kombat yeah. years and years ago, and uh, and the brand which is coming from a software company. That's about as far as they've gotten. Uh, that. It's it's not attached to a studio. There's no director on it. They have a writer on it, but he's like an in-house writer for other projects projects that they've done. So I think he's just going to do a treatment. It's very far away from happening. But everybody writes it as yeah, the Tetris movie is here, everyone. But th- there's get your tickets. <laughs> no, sounds like a load of blocks to me. Um, but uh, uh, Nintendo came out this week and we're like, we're looking at creating. Movies out of our characters, and I'm like, I'd be open to an. They're all saying this because shit as it is, I I do enjoy the Mario Brothers movie. Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo. (laughs) I'm going to be speaking to John in a couple of weeks and going to ask him about that because I I, it's shit, but I do like it. Yeah, that's that that might you might want to get that checked. Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) I was was high high on crack when I saw. I wasn't high on crack. I've never done crack. So. uh, yeah, they're all waiting to see how the Angry Birds does. And that's yeah. why we're getting these video game announcements, because they see this wave of like pretty big success coming for the Angry Birds, and mm. now's the time to start trolling the water for interest in their brands to be developed as movies. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. We'll they're, just that being, they're just being shrewd, because that's how you make money. Uh, something I touched on at the top of the show, the, the Rock launching the Ludlam Universe... I'm telling you, man, what is the rock? How many rocks are there? I I opened my cupboard the other day. The rock was in there. Is that he's right? He's literally, he's literally everywhere. I'm not even surprised. He was my Uber driver the other day. <laughs> I got in. I was like, fuck, is that anything you're not doing? He went, can you smell what I'm cooking? I was I, like, no. I don't understand what? how it's possible for him to be doing all these jobs when he's also captain of the International Space Station. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And he's running for How president. do they shuttle him back and forth yeah, like that? Yeah, it's, ju- it's just... 
it, he's doing so it's absurd. much. I love the rock. the rock. We love you. Everyone loves you. Yeah. But for crying out loud, leave some breadcrumbs for the rest of them. Yeah. The dude is like in. First of all, not all these things are going to happen again. No. Go, I hate to be. I hate to be the cynic all the time, but like, there's so much vaporware out there in Hollywood that it's crazy. Uh, and most of it has probably got something to do with The Rock. I mean, that I think, guy can't do all of this stuff. He I, cannot. I think that every single time we come and do the show on on a Friday, um, there's a new project that The Rock has been working on. Um, I, I'm just wondering if he's actually unemployed and he's just sitting at home and going, I've, oh, I've got a movie. No, that guy never stops working. Got too many movies now. It's not looking true. I I was riding around back behind uh, the studio that's over in Playa Vista Mm. on the Howard Hughes Field. I can't remember the name of it. It's it's Rowley, I think. It's one of the big like outdoor Mm. studios that's sort of in the middle of nowhere that nobody bothers. And I'm, I ride back there because I used to live over there. And one day I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough, it's like twilight, and I'm riding around back there, and there's a big rig with a green screen, and there's a dude in a vest like jumping off the top of the rig onto the bottom of the rig and it's the rock and he's shooting footage for like a video game promo or something like that i feel sorry for his family do they ever see this man i don't think does he have a family i don't i I mean he does if he does he has a girlfriend and a daughter he has a girlfriend and a daughter i thought he did yeah well that's maybe they just go with him everywhere he goes maybe they do god that's amazing isn't it it's go everywhere uh so uh, in the chat tetris dying tom cruise do you know what I'd fucking watch that. Um, do, we, do we have any more callers? Yes, we do. One cool. second. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, the whole Ludlum thing is uh, is obviously, you know, from the same author of, of the Bourne um, books. I'm a conspiracy theorist by nature, although I don't believe any conspiracy theories, but I believe this one. There are certain actors who will take a fee to get on board with the project with no expectation whatever, whatsoever of actually doing it yeah. down the line. I mean, just look at how much money the Bourne movies in general have made. Yeah. Uh, we do have a caller. Okay. You're on with Meet the Movie Press. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Dylan Flickinger from Ohio. How are you? Hey, guys? Dylan. How are you? You're in the chat, right? Yes, I awesome. was. Awesome. Good to hear from you. What would um, you like I'm to talk good. about? Um, I was wondering about the MIB 23 movie and what your thoughts were on that. Well... That one's apparently really going down. It is going down, and I'm actually I'm actually sitting down with um, uh, James Bobbin uh, on Sunday uh, to talk about uh, obviously his new movie for Disney, um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, and I'm going to be asking him about that. I think uh, he's already said stuff about it so far. I'm I'm open to it. I mean, I I loved the the two Jump Street movies. I thought they were done really really well. The second one for me wasn't quite as good as the first one. It felt like it was a joke that was getting. There were a lot of jokes that felt quite samey in the second one, but that kind of felt the same way for me with Men in Black 3. I kind of felt that I'd been there and done that. So I think the only way to keep those two things feeling even remotely fresh it is to to put them together or to not do them at all. And I think there's enough money behind both of them to, to warrant... For the studio to have been mental not to have done it, to be quite frank with you. I, I think it's a funny idea. I mean, think about when's the last time you took two completely unrelated movie franchises that are just happened to be in the same studio and go, yeah. hmm, let's, let's push these two things together and see what happens. Mm. It's a weird idea, but, if, but it's only going to work if, if you get the tone right, if the, if the tones work together. And in this case, I think they do. It's, it's really hard to do action comedy. Mm. And both of those are pretty successful action comedies. You know, they both costs that just really pull it out of the bag. Yeah, they both take place in the real world in real time. Yeah, uh, there's no like, there's nothing about the two things that seem to bump into each other. I think they might mesh pretty well. And is it going to work? I have no idea. You're 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 writing a, a, a script with characters from two different movies and mm. trying to work them in and make them interact. It's it's a cool it's a cool experiment. I, I don't I don't know that I've ever heard of this ever having happened before. So as goofy as it sounds, it it's a little bit like, you know putting your peanut butter with your breakfast cereal and just like seeing how that works yeah. out. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what they come up with. And James is a director who has previously worked with ideas where two worlds collide. So you've got Muppets and humans in the two Muppets right. movies. Oh, yeah. So he is someone that's used to blending things that don't necessarily go together or certainly can be quite difficult to make as two believable entities coming together, puppets and humans. Um, so he, he has shown that he can do that. What do you think? What do you think, Dylan? Oh, I would... I'm thinking, like, if he can create, like... 
I've seen Muppets Most Wanted, and he liked the Muppets interacting with the humans. I thought that was overly okay. okay. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the second movie. I thought the first one was yeah. better than the second one. Um, now, my other questions I got on my mind right now. Um, the other question is, what would you feel about Jordan Peele playing the Men in Black uh, Will Smith character? <laughs> sure. Jordan's awesome. I would be very open to that. I mean, he's awesome. I, I think Keanu deserved more love at the box office. It did okay, but it could have it could have had more love. Uh, I, I, I we is Will Smith. He's he hasn't said he's involved in this project yet, has he? No, but I think he almost has to be. It doesn't quite work. Yeah. It doesn't I, feel right. I think they should involve them. They would be a really they they can do comedy in a slightly different way to how Will Smith would do it, and. I think a lot of it depends on on Suicide Squad because Will Smith's popularity at the box office has been a little bit unpredictable over the last few years. So I don't know whether he still has, even though I love him as an actor and I love a lot of the movies that he's done, I think I don't know whether the younger generation might still really be as attached to him as a box office entity as perhaps they were five, maybe ten years ago. Why isn't he doing ID4? I don't know. Why is he not doing that? That's that's a he. he I that would have loved to have seen me. him in that. He was my favorite character. Maybe he'll maybe yeah. yeah, the, yeah and so many other people have come back, in. but I mean that's another film I'm quite curious to see. Oh, it it's looks awesome. Funny because go ahead. Uh, it just it looks awesome. We saw a bunch of that at CinemaCon too, and I think there's uh, I think most of that footage is online now. Mm. It's just the same destruction, but on a, such a bigger scale that yeah. it's like whoa, okay, that looks cool and new. I, mm. I think it's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think that would be good. I mean, I think there are lots of people that they could cast at the moment. Um, I mean, dare I say, you know, have a have a female uh, member of the the MIB crew, um, you know, to mix it up. Um, I, I think would would possibly work, or maybe have a female boss or something. Um, there are so many things that I think because it is going to be so fundamentally different. There's so many things that they could do with it. I think it is, you know, apart from swapping out Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, I think they need to be, they need to remain part of it. But if they're going to start playing around with galaxies, it does give them a bit more freedom. But I think your suggestion is is a really good one. So thank I you think very- it's kind of funny because I got I got to see the concussion movie recently, mm. and I was thinking about, oh, Will Smith is so good in this movie, and it's like it's kind of sad that people don't go see his movies that very often anymore. I'm hoping that Suicide Squad will change that for him. Um, I I'm think hoping so, too. I think some of it's to do with the quality of movies um, that he's been doing over the last couple of years. They haven't all been. I mean, Focus was not anywhere he's near. Picked some weird ones. Yeah, people had a big. There was Hollywood had a big boner for that movie before it got made, mm. and just kept they kept cycling through uh, people. Ben Affleck, I think, was in the lead at one point, and yeah. Kristen Stewart was attached at one point. But it's a, it's a really good case of some movies that happen in Hollywood where it's, it's more about it's it's sold on the stars rather than the quality of the film. Yeah. And this happened with a film, oh God, I can't remember what it was. It had a really stellar cast, um, and it was like a heist thriller. Um, they played it on about four main people. I think it was, it was, it was I don't think it was a Ridley Scott movie, something like that. Um, and it was just, it was sold on the strength of the cast, and the film itself was actually just really really poor the script was bad it just the pace was off and it was sold on who was in it rather than it actually being a good movie and it just quite simply wasn't enough but um yeah i i like all your suggestions that's um that's really cool thank you very much for calling good to talk to you you're welcome thank you thank you um so let's let's talk about some more news in a second because we're kind of running out of time but let's talk about the new releases this week uh you've seen angry birds we've already discussed that i haven't seen that one nice guys is something that we've both seen uh, I gave it nine out of ten on IGN. You weren't a fan. No, I mean I didn't. I don't think the movie is bad necessarily. It's just it. it it's so happy with its cleverness at certain points, and it has mm. a cheekiness that is almost fourth wall breaking. And by that I mean moments in the in the in the interactions with the characters and in the script where you know somebody says a one liner rather than grabbing for the gun right away. Like yeah. there's just a little bit too much a meta there for me to feel like I'm along for, for this is a believable story. Mm. And that's a subtle thing. And I, I, and I, I sat there watching that movie going, everybody's going to, everybody's going to love this movie. This movie is going to be just a huge critical hit and probably a nice, 
a nice financial hit as well. Mm. Um, you know, it won't be a huge movie, but it'll it'll do some it'll it'll do some business. And um, I didn't like it that much. And again, it's one of those weird positions you find yourself just in the minority about something that you know everybody loves. It, it was a film that I I kind of had not been... I knew it was there. I wasn't massively aware of it as a film. I, I got assigned to, to cover it, and I was like, okay, I should look more into this. I like Ryan Gosling. I like Russell Crowe. I, I really like the work of Shane Black, and Joel Silver is just a genius. So I was kind of like, okay, fine, well, let's go into it with quite an open mind. Obviously knew the heritage of both of them, so um, you know, Lethal Weapon, Last Boy Scout, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that kind of thing. I knew about Shane's love for Los Angeles, and I was like, with that cast, and you know, it should be a good script. Watch the trailer. Actually, this is going to be good fun. I think the, f- the connection, and I, I spoke to him about this, to, to Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, etc. You can tell that this is a companion piece to this. That that's basically how they were pitching it. And it does work like that. It's set in the 70s. It, I, I, it worked for me in ways that I thought perhaps would actually work against it, which I was quite surprised about. And then other areas, like there's a scene with a, um, a bee in the car. <laughs> yeah. Which... I could be in the car. I it's good. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. It's, it's pretty, didn't it's pretty sit out for there. me. Yeah, I was like, that was a that was a big gamble for me, and for me, it just took me out of it for a couple of minutes. And I was like, I don't know that. I get there's a theme of bees in the movie, but that was just really really weird, and that didn't work for me. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it's a, a little bit of a surreal shot when uh, mm. someone is. Uh, is drifting off. Um, it's, it was a little bit uh, fear and loathing, Las Vegas like, I guess, mm. in some regard. Which didn't sit with anything else in the film. No, it it, it is all. it is one of those out of the blue uh, shifts. But the film, I think, allowed itself a lot of that. A lot of to me, there were a lot of like weird, like, oh, okay, now it's going to be serious for a second. Oh, now it's going to go back to being uh, slapstick, and mm. now it's hyper violent, and now it's just it's a little too clumsy of a ride for me. And I. Listen, I thought Grosling was great. I think it's a great role for him. I, I thought it was interesting that they set up they they did a sequel setup scene at the end. Yeah, and I was kind of psyched about that. I <sighs> I would like to see Is more that, from this. That, that felt that did kind of feel. It felt very nineties, didn't it? Yeah. It felt very 90s. It, yeah, it did. It, it did feel sort of very much of, of that era, which is something I kind of miss. And I think for those of us who are slightly older, I think a younger audience would enjoy it as well. I sort of, you know, sort of the, the, the teenage, early 20s. But I think those who were sort of 30 plus, it felt kind of like a hug. You know, it took us back to those movies that we used to get out of the VHS store and, you know, that, that kind of thing. I... I really liked it. It was slightly flabby in places. I loved the script. I loved the action sequences. It needed more Matt Bomer for yeah. me. Because yeah, I came in real thought late. he was fucking delicious. Yeah, he should have been introduced yeah, somewhere Absolutely in the second brilliant. Yeah, Instead, he shows up real late and he's... he's yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's scary. Yeah. Matt Bomer yeah. is scary as hell. It's, it's, uh, it's up there with one of my favourite sort of, you know, hitman characters yeah. in film. He was just brilliant. I mean... It, there's a scene where he really sort of goes apeshit and I'm just like that was just so awesome it reminded me of of the early Lethal Weapon movies but Shane Black is full of so many great ideas he has so many great ideas and too many misdirections and stuff like that I I think the guy's awesome but Mm. I his movies just clatter on the tracks too much for me and this is the perfect example of that there are just things in it that I'm just like oh god really like for the fourth time the answer to this dilemma that we're in is something falls out of the sky. Yeah. I mean, in, there's, I can name the four times. I won't, but, you know, it happens a lot. Stuff falls out of the sky like, poof, oh, here we go. Now mm. now the story's moving again. Uh, it, it's, it's a little, you know, it, it's just I wanted it to be great. I want this movie to be great. And it's so close, but it's just not. You see, for me, I think it's probably the other side of that. I was expecting it to be good, and it exceeded my expectations which i think perhaps means maybe i've over flavored it a bit much i don't know but i wasn't i was going in there with a very open mind expecting something good everybody loved it don't listen to me i don't know what i'm talking about it's fine i I think it's going to do really well i think it i would totally assume that a sequel is already in the works and would probably be announced within the next couple of months we'll see what the we'll see what the box office is what do you kind of predict with box office i'm just i know you know what you caught me you kind of caught me and i didn't look at the tracking and i usually I usually jump on that on Thursdays, and I haven't looked at it yet to, uh, since today, so I don't know. But if I had to guess, I'd say that's probably a 25. Yeah. 
I mean, I would I, say 20, 25 to thirty-five. And th- th- I that's think okay. Would be fair. I mean, that's you know, the movie probably cost about that, mm. and maybe a little bit more. So they'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I if, think, it, if it does better than that, then they'll yeah they'll do the thing where they announce the sequel right away. Well, this weekend it's up against obviously that Angry Birds, Captain America still doing exceptionally well at the box office, Jungle Book stealing people in, um, and Neighbors Two. Yeah. Have you seen Neighbors? Yeah, 2? I saw Neighbors Two. Yeah, I caught that early this week. I was a big fan of Neighbors, and I like everything that's almost everything that Seth Rogen does. I think mm. he's you know one, I think thirty years from now we're going to look back and be like this guy was our Steve Martin. Yeah. And we just didn't realize it at the <coughs> time. <coughs> uh, and. Um, he, uh, he again. This this sequel feels a little quick on the turnaround. I feel like I just mm. got done digesting Neighbors, and now here we are again. Um, I liked it. It's good. It's a good franchise. I, I like the first one better. Yeah. I just do. I think it's a little. I think it's it was a little more raunchy and a little more jaw dropping and just like kind of a surprise. And kind of here we are back at the same house. There's just different people in it. Yeah, it's a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, I laughed a lot, and I laughed hard, and I laughed often. That's Oh, so you were the guy in the screening. Uh, yes! There was yeah. a guy in my screening that was howling like a howler monkey. It was like, was, ah! it, was it at the art play on Tuesday? Yes. Uh, that probably was me, actually. Uh, I don't think I was laughing that I thought hard. you were a laugh plant. I thought the uh, laugh plants were just really on fire that night, because yeah, no, it was I, crazy. There were a couple of things that really made me laugh hard. Me too. Uh, perhaps I me laughed... Too. I laughed a little bit too hard. I really at the Bill liked, Cosby I, listen, I really liked it. If you like Neighbors, you should see Neighbors too. Yeah, cause, it's, it's, cause good. it's a sequel and it's good. The, the material for me, I know a lot of people love it, but it wasn't quite as strong. I don't think Zach Efron's character was as well drawn as his one in the original he's one. He's so good, man. He's, he, he's awesome. When he is somebody going to figure this out and put, the, put somebody will put him in a big movie at yeah. some point? He needs to, and he it needs will, to do it that. It will pay off. I, I, he, he's got to find the right one. Yeah. Um, but I. I uh, Why is he just, not a superhero at this point? Surely a matter of time, right? Yeah, he would have been I would think he would have been a really good casting for The Flash. Yeah. Because looks, I think yeah, he, he looks, looks great. Facially, he looks great for it. And physically now, I think he's kind of about the right kind of presence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he looks hasn't fast. done that. Baywatch will be his first action movie. Action movie. Yeah, um, that, again, action comedy. It, it, that's such a tough thing to do. It, it didn't look good to me when yeah. I saw the footage at CinemaCon. No. Well, maybe he could take on some of the projects that The Rock just hasn't got time to do. <laughs> you know, I don't like grocery shopping. or. But no, I mean, I, I've got a lot of time for Zac Efron. I think he's great. I, I wasn't a massive fan of Neighbours 2, but it's certainly far from being a bad film. If, if someone suggests that you go and see the, the theatre this weekend, absolutely go and you'll have a really yeah, good time. Yeah, it's great. It's probably one of the strongest box offices with box office weekends with a number of options to actually go and see that we've had for quite a while. It's a weird little triad, though, isn't it? Yeah. Right now, what's coming out that's new? Uh, because you've got two comedies and a th- basically three comedies. Yeah. Um, and they're all for different sectors, but they but they are pretty close. It'll be, it'll be close. I bet you Cap wins. Yeah, I think Cap's going to come out on top because the others are going to be spread quite... Yeah. Thinly with the audience, but uh, that they, to be honest with you, it's been a long time since you've had a weekend at the box office where there's not just a load of shit and the odd good movie. It's it's a solid weekend this weekend. Well, summer is starting to happen now, yeah, and we're really getting yeah. into it. Um, let's run through a few things because we've only got a couple of minutes left on the show. Um, Insidious Four was um, confirmed this week with directors, producers, etc., etc. Um, Insidious Four, the fifteenth domestically in the US, fifteenth most successful horror franchise. I found that as a series getting not as good as it's got along. I love the first one, scared the shit out of me. Insidious 3 was the first one that I saw. Okay. I think it's the only one that I've seen. As a standalone film, that's actually not bad. Yeah, I was told that it was kind of okay to see it just yeah. by itself. Um, yeah. I guess it's okay. I mean, I like the, old, the, the the actress, what's her name, the older woman? Yeah, she, well, she's back. She's the main yeah, returning character. she's sort of the glue that holds these weird, like, disparate movies together, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't That's get, right. I don't get gonna, ghosty, scary movies. I just see the poster when it comes out next year. <laughs> Josh Dickey. Yes! Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith this week, uh, he revealed that he's working uh, uh, on a buckaroo no. bonsai. No, he's not. I'm in denial that that exists. Okay. Next. Um, I, I love that film. I'd be quite interested to see that. <laughs> um, so Vin Diesel this week. Uh, what Vin Diesel wants, Vin Diesel gets. He wants Justin Lin to come back and direct the final Fast and Furious film, which is going to be a long way off. The final one? Because they've got, well, 
Uh, it depends on what you mean by final, because there's three more in this part. Didn't Donna Langley say at one point that they were looking at 12 or something like that? Didn't she? She had a number in mind. Yeah. So whether he means the final one of this three run, I don't know. And then not I the see. final, final one, um, because we all might be dead by the time the final one comes out in that franchise. This is such a big... That, listen, and this there is, are spin-offs to do as well. Well, I was, I was just going to say that this is phony. There's a Han Solo Fast and Furious movie. This is phony baloney, because there's never going to be a final one. They will make Make those movies forever. Yeah. They will make them, we will be dead and gone. Yeah. Uh, talking of sequels, uh, Sherlock 3 starts filming, uh, this was announced recently, uh, starts filming in the fall and Shane Black was saying that, uh, and Joel Silver was saying during their press tour for the Nice Guys, that um, uh, there could be more sequels to that. Oh, sure, why not? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Do you think Downey Jr. would devote more time to that than Iron Man. I mean, Marvel have said that Iron Man might get a little bit of rest, obviously, after Infinity. No, I look... Yeah, Robert is interested, I think, when he's done with Iron Man and helping his friends. Mm. Uh, That sure seems to be what he will will be doing to me, which is doing something with Mel Mm -hmm. or something with Shane uh, or even something with maybe Favreau. Yeah. Who doesn't need anybody's help because he's clearly a genius, like a crazy kid movie genius. Have you seen his movie um, Chef Favreau? I have not and that's, you really that's should lame do. of me to have not seen it. You should it, watch it. Like it's on Netflix. Touches, you yeah. should He's check great. it out. Um, oh, going back to Netflix actually in Insidious 4, the guy who's going to be directing Insidious 4 um, did a film about um, uh, I think it was called uh, Saving Deborah Logan or The Rescue of Deborah Logan. It's kind of like an exorcism movie about an old lady that appears to have dementia but is in factually it's not dementia, it's something completely different. Um, Scary as hell. Watch it. Okay. It's seriously, if you want to get an idea about what's going to be happening with that, that's a really good taste of that. It does sound interesting. I like I like elevated horror ideas. It's it's done really nicely. Not yeah. a huge budget. Like, like Human Centipede. That's elevated yeah, horror. Elevated. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's a series that takes some licking. Uh, okay. Yeah. So is there, I know. I'm sorry. I went there. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about that really hit you this week that was particularly exciting? I mean, I was. I love the fact that Neon Demon got um, such a great response to Can. Everybody loved that. And I was great for NWR. NWR. NWR, yo. Um, you know, I, he's going to have his fans, and probably for good reason. And mm. it's just, I just don't get him. I didn't like Drive. I didn't see okay. Oh My God Forgives. I saw Drive twice. I've met Nick Reffin. I've sat with him. He's a lovely human. He uh-huh. seems like a, you know, like a. Like uh, an auteur is auteur and all that stuff. And his movies, to me, are just so far over my head as to why this is considered an entertainment. And that's okay. See, I, I'm right. a fan of pretty much pretty much everything that he's done. Um, I even I even liked Only God Forgives. Um, I didn't love it. You are a it. rare bird. I'm, I'm rarer than hen's teeth on a fucking <laughs> unicorn. You know, that is, yeah. That is not a film that people like, but I actually quite enjoy that. I love Drive. Um, really excited to see this. I'm going to get to a, a screening um, in uh, LACMA in a couple of weeks. There's, oh, they're going to screen it LACMA. Okay. Yeah, there's a special event. Thank for you for film, telling me. No, no, I can't wait so, to see it. Yeah, psyched. Um, so what are you going to be watching this week? Well, let's see. Uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm kind of caught up right now, which is great. I've, I've awesome. seen all the movies coming out this weekend and uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, yes. which is coming out next weekend. Seeing that tomorrow, when are you going to catch it? Uh, I've already seen it. Mm. It's... Whew. Yeah? No? I yeah. am telling you, no. they did something with the Mad... Something happened to the Mad Hatter, and it is not okay. Okay. Great. It's not okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing that. I didn't yep. like the first film, so I'm not... won't say I'm particularly looking forward to this one. I sort of understand I'm, why people liked the first movie, having seen it recently, mm. and do not see a promising return of that sentiment happening for part two. Well, it's not as if Disney are short of profitable franchises. So if there's one that doesn't particularly work, I think they'll be okay this year. They have already tears for the mouse. They have already put away enough acorns this year that they could shut down operations until Until uh, we come back to 2017. Take a break. Like The Rock. Um, uh, Are you going to something at Paramount tonight? I am not. Okay. I'm not that popular over there. This is pretty cool. I am going to get to Paramount tonight. There is a special event for Star Trek fans. Oh, okay. I know about this. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be showing some footage 
Oh, come on, really? Um, oh, man, so, don't ruin my Friday night. Uh, and the director and the cast are going to be there. Uh, they're not doing interviews. It's very much a case of going there to, to chat to fans, and we're going to see some footage. Um, there is a rumour that tonight we might get to see the full movie. Oh, I, come on. I don't know if that's true. Even my contacts at Paramount don't even know if that's true yet. So it might just be a footage screening. But tonight, the fan event might be, might, with a big M, the first screening of Star Trek Beyond. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to spoil it for you right now and go with, it's just footage. Just footage. I'm thinking don't it's just going to be up. footage. I don't even know if it's finished yet. But the inner nerd is definitely going that like, would be a cool squee, I may pee my pants. All right. So, well, maybe I'll have to make some calls this um, afternoon. So I think that would be something, if you are free tonight, you might want to come along. Yeah, or I might need to contract out a freelancer to cover it. Hey, who could that be? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> hey, Josh, who's available for I mean, that? I just assume that somebody already has you, uh, has you uh, uh, getting some words out of that thing, but if not, but yeah, then... So I'm actually going to be there, and we'll they've talk said that the I show. can do pictures and I can do some live tweeting. So if you are a fan of Star Trek, you probably want to follow at Showbiz Simon this evening, for some stuff from this fan event. Because okay. there's a chance that it might be kind of a big deal. Which is great. Which is super exciting. So I think we're going to end the show there. On that bombshell. Uh, and minor nerdgasm. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Where Thanks can we find me. you on Twitter, Josh? Uh, I'm at JLD Light. That's at JLD, which are my initials. L-I-T-E. How vinding reference of you. <laughs> N. W R. <laughs> I gotta start making up stuff for that. Yeah, I know. Uh, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. Well, go show. to my Twitter feed. I'll make up some NWRs today. Uh, and I'm Simon Thompson. Uh, I was in for Jeff this week. I'll be back to co-host duties next week. Thank you to everybody who called in, and thank you to everybody in the chat. Um, great show. Really appreciate it. Uh, tell your friends. Subscribe on YouTube. Like the videos. Do whatever you need to do. Just tell more people that we're here and doing this. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, I will be back next week uh, with Jeff. Until then, have a great week. So long. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.